0: Welcome to the Table. Welcome to the Table is a podcast put on by the good people of Pulpit Rock Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado. It's an opportunity for us to invite you to sit at a table with us as we have conversations about things that we find interesting or helpful in our journey with God. And we are in the middle of this season having a conversation, and so we're going to be diving back into that conversation right now.
1: Something that I know the three of us champion all the time in our ministry at Pulpit Rock is these, these important discussions or talks with our kids or our teenagers are not just one talk. They're many talks, right? Whether mm-hmm. we're talking about sexual integrity, pornography, relationships, mental health, whatever it is that's important, we, we beat that drum all the time. Parents, this is not one talk. Right kind of like what most of us here probably got from our parents. Um, I think it's a new generation. We we are more open. Our, our kids' generation is more open and willing to talk about things. And multiple conversations is what is most helpful. And it sounds like that's what you're saying about dis- just communicating um, to a stepchild. What what do you need from me? What can I be for you? I'm not going to be your mother, but I want to be something. Like, help mm-hmm. me find that and realizing yeah, that, that'll probably change six months from mm-hmm. now, you know, when the kid starts driving or when, when the kid goes to, to college and just how important it is to circle back to that. And I imagine with each other as well, just it, it's many talks, many times, let's sit down, let's circle up and and see where we're at. Seems like that would be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Well,
2: and I think being being yourself, the specific example for our family was when our youngest went away to school to see – the friendship like mentoring relationship that Molly Kathleen developed with her over that span when it was really difficult for her being away at school for Collins there were things that i think that Molly Kathleen was able to provide to her that no one else could have mm. with proximity to the family and knowledge of things she was able to be to be to try it and to be brave and just be herself mm. what she had to offer to the relationship the depth that was gained through that time was really it was amazing
1: and something else that I've heard from both of you guys is interesting to me. I've been writing down um, some words or phrases that you've said, Molly, I believe you said something about like, there's, there's not a finish line. There's mm-hmm. not a like, okay, we've arrived in mm-hmm. realizing this is a fluid thing. It's a journey that we're on. Um, there's no perfect circumstances or when will we be ready? When is the right time for our family to blend uh, Mark, you said a lot of grace for each other. It's going to be messy, and while there are some very unique things that we've talked about that only blended families would understand, all of that that translates to every to every family. That is, I mean, I, I feel like those are words that that Jesus would say to us. And Molly, you mentioned the gospel earlier. That that is translatable to all of us. There's not a finish line that we're going to arrive mm-hmm. at in our marriages or our parenting. I remember when Matt and I were talking about getting married, I was kind of experiencing some fear about it and asking a mentor, like, how do I know when we're ready? Like, we don't have the perfect jobs yet. We don't know exactly where we're going to live yet. And this mentor was like, yeah, if you're waiting for that to happen, you're never going to get married. It's never going to be perfect. The fact that we've got to have a lot of grace with each other. Gosh, that's just like, I think these are things that Jesus would speak to to all of our hearts, no matter what our circumstances. And that's really beautiful.
2: Well, and how often do any of us want to hear you have to die? To, you have to die to yourself every day. doesn't always sound so good, no, but this no. is a perfect opportunity to try that. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's good for me hearing this too. Um, from you, Mark, because like, like
0: Molly pointed out, definitely with blended families, there are some unique challenges, but, but also like knowing your role in your kid's life, that's a challenge for any parent. Right. And, mm. um, I'm, I'm just now realizing with adult children that my role is changing with them. Like I kind of thought once they hit 18 that you were done being a parent. Mm-hmm. And um, you were done with that kind of role of parenting, but you move into a new phase of what was my role here now is, uh, is less, of a, uh, less of a kind of a – not commander is not the right word I want to use, but you, you become more of a counselor or a coach mm-hmm. to them than you were when they were at home and you were doing some things. So that this idea that our roles change as parents – that that's, that's universal, I think.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and, and even if you want to go back to when your kids are first born, you're figuring out what, what kind of parent am I going to be and what kind of role will I have in their lives? And, and this is an ongoing moving target, but mm. I, I, I do, agree, you know, blended families probably face some new challenges to that because I'm guessing in some ways you're thrown into something that you haven't been walking through
2: for the most part of their lives yeah. or some section. Absolutely. Well, as much as your children change every day from the time they're newborn, as you get older, you sense that as they change every day, so does your role in their life just a little bit more. I used to feel like with both the children that when they were younger, they, they really they needed you for things. They needed you for home and shelter and clothing and food, safety. You were in the game. And then as they got a little bit older, I was the coach of what they were doing. And then I was sitting at the end of the bench in the game of their life. Mm -hmm. And then I was sitting in the crowd cheering for them. Cause sometimes you feel like all you can do is just cheer for them. And now I feel like I'm sitting way up in the corner of the gym and I have to buy my own popcorn, like, (laughs) 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 because you're, you don't want to be a distant observer. And I really don't think that's how it is, but you kind of feel like you're just bounced a little bit further out of what's going on. And ultimately it's probably how it should be. But that as a parent, that can be a little dis for me, it was disorienting. Cause you put so much value in that part of what you're doing and when that changes, there were times I felt like that kind of spun me off. So Thomas, to your point, you kind of get intro into the situation as a step parent. Can there be even more disorientation about role? What's your purpose in the family?
0: Right. And in your, I like your uh, analogy of the the progression there. One of the things I heard you say is that you're still in the gym and there's that you're, you're pursuing, you're coming to games, you're coming to events You know, metaphorically and literally, you're still pursuing these kids even though you're figuring out your role.
2: And there was a question that Susie asked a few minutes ago that I felt like, if if anything, be consistent and be there. Because whatever you bring to the game, whatever you bring, you have to offer, bring it as often as you possibly can. Molly Kathleen sees that with children at the church, be consistent, be there, be the consistent voice, be the consistent face in student ministry. It's a huge thing. Just be consistent. You can really be a knuckle scraping gorilla like I am, but if you can bring what you have and be consistent with it in that setting, we feel like we have seen pace big benefit because of all the things that, of the many things that our children need, it's consistency, something that they can count on.
3: That's really good. Well, and you kind of touched on it, but just to also recognize that you have something to offer. Like I think for my role being injected kind of into this family where, you know, these kids do have a wonderful mom and a great relationship with her and just recognizing, but I have something different to offer them. And again, that, that may change from time to time or from season to season, but, um, just really leaning into what, why am I in their life? And there's a reason for that. And so, what what do I have to offer them? And is that being their biggest cheerleader? Is that being a you know a confidant, a friend, a companion? Is that you know giving them advice? Is that you know something more tangible? Um, but just really leaning leaning into what do I have to offer?
0: So I want to circle back to something uh, Molly you talked about. One of the unique challenges of blended families is co-parenting because now you're, you've got multiple parents now in the mix. Um, what are you, what are you seeing? The, in blended families that are doing that well, what are they doing in co-parenting that really makes that work?
3: I think that looks different, obviously, for the age and stage of the kids. Obviously, I think when they're younger, I think there's a lot more communication that's needed in in just the day-to-day logistics and things like that and how how we're responding to different things at, at school or at home. Um, I think that looks a little bit different the older that they get. But I think the biggest thing is within your home, you only can control what you can control. And so I think getting hung up on stuff that they're doing outside of your home is not that helpful. Um, and so there there are going to be different rules or different decisions made outside of your home. Um, and I think just knowing that you, you can't control that um, and trying to release some of that is helpful.
0: That's really good. I, I wonder if a lot of – I mean – all parents, I think, struggle with. Right. <laughs> I just want to control it all so that right. there'll be
3: that's I think that's the challenge. Especially I I like to control things. I want them to feel safe and secure and comfortable. Family in general, especially I think blended families, it it doesn't look that way often, you know? Because you you're not the only say. You're you're not gonna be the only one who gets to decide. And being able to come to terms with that. Um, sometimes is easier than others but I think just being reminded of I can only control what I can control
2: and it's tough to wrap your mind around could you think about holding loosely to something that is so important which is old school language the rearing of your children like but can you thinking dreaming who has God designed my children to be how do I foster environment in our home to push our children toward that and again holding loosely to what's the most important thing what really does matter? And I agree with Molly Kathleen, as they get older, there probably is less discussion, communication with the other set, co-parenting about details, logistics, where are we gonna be? As the children get older, there's obviously much, much less need for that, but it seems counterintuitive to think something's so vital and so important that we have to kind of hold loosely. And again, I hate the cliches. We have to give that stuff up. Like, what's gonna get my children? What's gonna help my children? How are they going to, what's going to help them become who they're supposed to be?
1: Mm. And that's a thread that I, I want to pull through every single one of these parenting episodes. I've been saying our desire is to encourage and empower parents to fight for their kid's heart, not their kid's behavior. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're articulating yeah. is because we want to control it and make it look this way or fit into this box. And, and that's just not the most helpful thing. The most helpful thing is, is fighting for their hearts for who who we want them to be, who we know God wants them to be, and just fostering that as best we can. And that's different than controlling it, right?
2: And I was at a student pastor retreat about a month or so ago, and they brought in a speaker, and obviously the, the idea was talking about rest. And he was talking about the beautiful relationship, God, Christ, Holy Spirit. But this phrase that he said several times, I cannot escape. And he said, the more that you tell them who they are, the less you have to tell them what to do. The more you tell them who they are, the less you have to tell them what to do. And so for directing kids' ministries and people trying to help in student ministry, can we reinforce who the named image-bearing children are, who we've been granted for a while to be responsible to? As they're younger, there's a whole lot of telling them what to do, because they probably need some of that guidance. But as they grow, as they develop, as a parent, as a leader, we need to be telling them who they are, as image bearer of christ the what to do kind of rolls off there's less of that so i was sitting with my youngest child at wendy's a while back we went back for a date because she was home from california for a little bit and i was telling her this about i hope i'm sorry forgive me as your daddy if i if there's been too much what to do and i didn't tell you often enough who you are you are my daughter you are a daughter of the king as cliche as that sounds but forgive me if i've if my fathering you has been too much what to do and not who you are, because you are beautiful and you are purposed, and she said, you have, because I'm not really told either one of our kids what to do in a decade. Like, my window on that closed a long time ago. You hope you did it right when you had the chance, you know? But she said, you have done that, and now because of that, I will be more apt to come to you when I need something, when I need help. When I need to talk about something that's difficult, when I need to confess something that's going on, because of that relationship we have, because you told me who I am, I'll be more apt to talk to you. Which isn't that the thing? Christ is continually trying to tell us who we are. So when things are difficult and I need to take something heavy, who would I be the most prone to take that to? I should be taking it right back to Him.
1: Well, I've got I've got a follow up question to that. That was that was awesome, Molly. Would you say that that advice to to maybe the focal point be who you are, not what to do. Is that good advice also for a step-parent coming into a family? It seems mm-hmm. like the, the first thing you, you think is like, what am I supposed to be doing
3: mm-hmm.
1: when that might not be the most helpful. Yeah. Like, just a reminder of like, who are you? You know, and the truest thing about you is not that you're a stepmom. The truest thing about you mm-hmm. is that you are a child of God, Molly created by God, the, <laughs> the unique ways he created you. And just to be reminded of who you are and that's, what you can bring mm-hmm. and what you can do for your stepkids. It yeah. seems, seems like helpful advice.
3: No, that's good. That's in, like, you're encouraging my heart right now. <laughs> like, I don't know that I've, I've viewed it through that kind of a lens, but absolutely. I think it's human of us to get caught up in what we do and what we bring to the table and, and even just relying so hard on that role and the name mm-hmm. of that role, mm-hmm. but just being reminded of, of who, we, who we are um, how we're created in the image of our God and what he has in store for us because of that. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. It's good stuff. Susie, thanks for encouraging my heart in that. <laughs> Did we talk about what what would we do differently or maybe?
2: Well, I think we talked about in retro, we would have liked to have spoke with a couple who I liked your analogy. They're a few laps ahead of us.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And what went well, what didn't, what could we glean from that? And then just kind of soak that for what it's worth for your situation. And again, they are so uniquely different. But we we all, if she and I could confess, we because you use some leadership and mentoring in our life for people who know what's happened or what's trying.
3: There's a certain amount of of complexity and layers and difficulty, I think, in any blended family. No one looks like the other. And so I think that there's a little bit of protection and privacy. I know that's something that was definitely true for us at the beginning years of our pursuit of one another um, and then the early part of our marriage of just being a little pr- protective and private in those things. And so now we've had more conversations about we need to be more intentional about leaning in in relationships with people who are ahead of us, and then also looking at who, who can we kind of be that to, early I don't know, families or, or couples who are kind of in the early stages of that. And that's, that's not always an easy thing to do. I think that you, you kind of want to fold in yeah. in some of those times because there's difficulty and it's hard. But what benefit there is in, in doing the exact opposite and really um, leaning into Another couple lightning round. I want to ask you
0: some, some quick questions. <laughs> top of the head.
2: What, is, thing. what does Monica Geller say on the TV show, friends? When he, what does she say about lightning rounds? Is she the one that says,
3: I am so good at lightning rounds.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see lightning round.
0: We'll see. Um, advice to families listening on some of these questions as families are listening to this podcast, maybe have some unique questions. One could be as the step parent coming in, how do I discipline? What is my role in discipline?
3: I, I don't know that I can speak from like flat out experience. Um, just cause our situation, they were older and I don't know that we were really disciplining. We were guiding. Um, but I think being able to be, being willing to take the, the second seat in that as a step parent, I think is key both obviously to my spouse, but also to the other parents in in the mix. Um, So being willing to kind of take a second seat in that, and then trust and hope that your spouse is going to invite you in to those conversations and give you a voice, give you a say.
2: I think maybe through communication help determine consistency there. So there isn't immediate difference or immediate playing off one or the other, or I think the consistency in that is important, but you might not know that until you could communicate really how we, we as a household, how would we choose to Discipline or guide based on situations. The consistency piece, again, in that in that way too, is really crucial to the children.
0: As a parent who is uh, um, bringing someone in new into the family, what are some ways that you really set them up for success with the kids?
2: I, it definitely takes. It takes time. It takes truthful, vulnerable language. I think that there's a reason we don't gain six year old permission on how to run the world because they know a lot, but they don't know a whole lot. But I think that as she, as Molly Kathleen and I have looked back over our journey, there was some fear in my heart. Are we waiting on permission from children to do something that we as adults know we really should, it really should be done? That's some things that I went through. Am I gaining, am I waiting for permission or a blessing, which did happen, which I think over time the children, grew to know and love Molly Kathleen that there was not permission but there was a blessing saying we see what can be here and how you are flourishing in this it's go it's time let's push (laughs) you the older children were saying we'll push you forward in this we'll help in this but I think again vulnerable loving language that's just transparency piece is important but again that depends on children of the age of your children as well answer to your question I don't know that I have that on that question it's a great question it, it, and then you're looking at the trust factor child to parent, like, does your child believe what you believe about who's about to become a step parent? And there's only so much that you can do to make sure that that's clear, that that's real. that's can be really, obviously really tough to navigate.
3: I think from, from my perspective, I think you hit on it. I think time um, and patience, even persistence in that, um, which is not the most comfortable thing in, in the moment. I think that that was recognizing that the pace of our relationship had to be different. It needed to be different for because it wasn't just he and I. It was two other children. And and so it needed to look different. And I needed to, to be okay with that and embrace that this pace is going to be at a different rate than maybe what I had expected or what I thought was best. And in looking back, again, it's easy to say this now, but... That that God was in that timing, and maybe the the pace of things that I really desired in my heart was not the very best for us. It was not the very best for the kids, um, and so just being being patient in that I think has set us up for success. It allowed for I think true rapport and relationship to be built, and I think that that has been a really great foundation for us personally with the kids. What
0: resources
2: would you recommend for blended families? People again, a kind of a value voice at pulpit is the importance of being in community with other people, specific, nearly as specific to your situation as you can get it. Uh, doing the life together and even just the dialogue about how crappy it can be sometimes is helpful, knowing that we're it looks a little different, but it, we're, we're trying it together. Which she and I have talked about the importance of being. Pursuing more of that kind of community with other people where we might have that in common, where you might have something to offer to other people as a resource, but you would know that they're gonna they're gonna be a resource to you as a family. I would say that's the biggest one doing this. I'm in the middle of writing a really great book about this. So
3: oh, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um I don't know that my answer is too far off from that. Um, I don't think that my answer is too different from that. I think for me, especially this year, it has been being willing to talk about it. And so I've, I've done counseling this year and talked about it in a way that I don't know that I was ready to, you know, maybe 10 years ago, five years ago, even three years ago when we, when we first, um, were married. And so it's just been good to process it, um, with someone who, who doesn't know me, doesn't know us, um, that I can just, I don't have to care for her heart. I can just kind of throw it all up and um, just process it in a very different way. It's been very helpful. Well, thank you guys so much
1: for being here. This is exactly what I hoped for uh, in our time together. I care about you guys a lot, and it was really meaningful to sit with you and talk about such beautiful things that I know you had to be very vulnerable about, and I appreciate that, and I know that's what other families We'll just appreciate so much about this podcast uh, episode. In closing, I would love to hear maybe just a closing thought from each of you, just kind of in a nutshell, something I don't know that you want to leave our listeners with today.
2: Well, I think a lot of it's been very weighty today, and there's a tension in it and a tone, maybe. But I would I would hope that people would hear it's awesome, and that that God is about families, and He's about blended families, and He is truly doing some extraordinary things through some ordinary but difficult situations, Um, this is a cool way to see, we are seeing that God is a big fan of families and he has our blended family in mind um, as he does others that are, and it's very difficult, but it is, it's amazing and, and absolutely worth it.
3: And honestly, just to piggyback on that, just for a quick minute, I think for, for me and my role, um, as I stepped into, pursuing this life as a step parent i think that there was a season of time where i i felt like well this is like the next best thing and i really i feel like god has been rewriting that on my heart that this is no this was your story this was your story all along it's not just the next best thing it's the best thing for you like this is this is the story that i've had for you and so just encouraging families and parents who are in the, a blended family like ours, just to embrace that, and I think it's hard to let go of some of those expectations um, that I think we all carry. But just to to really embrace that this is the story that God has for you, and to be excited about it because it is—it's beautiful. And that we would we would love to we would love to chat with any of those families, whether they're ahead of us in this or behind us in this. That um, Mark and I definitely have a heart for families that look like ours, and for all families, really, that's our job, but, Mm -hmm. um, that we would love to, to chat, grab coffee or a drink or some dinner and just do life with them.
1: And your email addresses can be found at pulparock.com. They're on staff. Your info will be there. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for sharing your hearts with us. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. It was great. It (laughs) was
0: really a lot of fun. Thank Thank you. you. Hey, I just want to say to anyone that's listening that when Mark and Molly say, please reach out to us. They, they legit mean that. And at pulperock.com, you can find ways to contact them. And they have great advice and counsel. And just the fact today that we sat around a table and heard a story. Um, and I love that you connected it, Mark, um, to the story to the story of God. That I, I was thinking when you we were talking that the, the, the story of history is the story of one blended family. As we are being adopted in by Christ um, and the whole arc of human history is that God is trying to blend this family together and bring us in. And um, it helps me to hear even uh, you say, Molly, that this is not the next best thing. This is the story. And so I am so thankful that you guys are willing to share your story with us and I know with others. And if there's any way that we can be a resource to that, please reach out. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Welcome to the Table. We hope to sit with you again.